CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for Your Money and Your Life. Welcome to Your Money and Your Life with Don Cash and myself here to talk investing, finance, and retirement. And this week on the podcast, bad news is good news. Huh? That sounds a little weird. So we're going to get into that with Don this week on the show. And Don, welcome in, my friend. How you doing? Winter is firmly upon us, pal. Yeah, sure. It feels like it today, Mark, at least mm-hmm. here. We we're talking off the air. As we record the show, we're getting hit with the first, I guess what I would call like serious snowfall of the season, right? Yeah, you guys avoided we, it then. The stuff they got the past weekend up in like uh, New York and Detroit, Kansas City, or not Kansas City, but uh, Buffalo and stuff. Tons of snow. Yeah, but generally where we are, we're about, you know, 10 miles west of the beach. Mm. So we're kind of like the rain line, typically of the rain snow line. Okay. Yeah, so we've been, you know, fortunate to avoid any big snowstorms. However, we've had a few big time rain and windstorms over the past month. In fact, the past two actually blew off a big section of shingles from my roof. Oh, man. Yeah. We had some trees go down with some of that, too. Uh, this that wind that was coming up the last little bit. Did the insurance take care of that stuff for you? Well, I mean, that's a good lesson in insurance claims. <laughs> you know, even though the house is fairly new, it's about you know twenty five years old or so, okay. and the roofs are guaranteed now for thirty years. Here, here's the problem: I have no idea who installed this roof and what brand of shingles they use. Oh, so, true, yeah. You know, of course, you, you really they can't match the shingles from an older roof with mm. new shingles. You know, so that's the dilemma. Mm, so they, are they like pushing for like a new roof or, you know, what, what's the uh, prognosis? Well, of course, I would love to have them pay for a new <laughs> roof. <laughs> but here's the bottom line. I do need a new roof. Uh, the insurance is going to pay a portion of it, which is good, and I'll pay the remainder. Oh, but, okay. You know, fortunately, my insurance agent years ago suggested a very good policy with favorable terms for the homeowner. So it's kind of the the thing that, you know, you hate paying the higher premiums each year for nothing, but you're happy when, you know, you have a problem like this and you make a claim. Wasn't that the, the point of any insurance? Like none of us like any of it, right? Home, auto, life, whatever it happens to be, pet insurance. It's like, ugh, you know, until you actually need it. Then you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> not so bad. Yeah, it's a, it's a good lesson really to review your uh, homeowner's policy to see the limits and the terms of coverage, right? True. And, you know, and not only with homeowners, but we were with auto insurance and health insurance, and importantly for a lot of people, long-term care insurance. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like surprised when I, I speak with people, and I've been working, you know, with clients for many years on that. That they still don't really have a, a you know a solid understanding of exactly what they have. So it's important to know, um, really, with all the insurances and. Just to, to know what's you know what's there. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we're still technically in January, so not like it's not a bad idea for a last minute resolution, if you will, right? Review all your insurance coverages before uh, the wind blows your shingles off, right? Uh, who who was it that said uh, uh, the best time to replace the roof is when the sun is shining? Who was that? Was that? I think it was JF. Was that, was that Kennedy? That. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was wondering about that. Yeah. So there you go. So listen to Kennedy. Uh, as we enter this new year, to, speaking of resolutions though, Don, we know it's going to get a little crazy, right? We talked about this a little bit prior uh, election year. Uh, we've already had some interesting things happen so far in just January. So today we're going to discuss some of the, some of the news, right? So what you might see in this coming year and 
you know they're going to have bad headlines, right? You know they're going to have those things to get eyeballs and clicks and all that good stuff. So let's talk about a few of those things we think you know we might see or just kind of maybe how to react and if it's good for long-term investors. Yeah, that's the one thing that's often confusing for people when they're planning for their finances, right? This bad news, good oh, yeah. news thing. Like, they love it, you know, though, some, right? You know, the, the the news channels are like, oh, let's make it sensationalistic, right? They love bad news and, you know, it gets eyeballs, gets attention, gets ratings. But what's confusing is sometimes bad news is good news for investors and vice versa, right? So here's an example. Okay. You think back to 2022, the news seemed really positive for the economy, like a booming jobs market, <laughs> right. strong consumer spending, but it actually hurt the stock market and investors. Mm. And the reason why is inflation and expectations that the Federal Reserve was going to increase interest rates to tamp it down. Right. Right. And that's exactly what happened. Unemployment reached all-time lows, right? You know, the COVID fears dissipated. People started traveling spending money on all kinds of things, services and goods and products and with all the pent-up demand. And the Fed started raising rates aggressively. And even with all that good news, the S&P 500 that year was down almost 20%. And a lot of the big hot companies like Tesla and Amazon and Google, Microsoft were down over 50%. So a lot of investors got burned mm. even in the middle of the good news, right? They didn't consider that companies that did well during COVID when rates were super low would get hammered in 2022, even when people were spending a lot of money like never before. So they were really speculating and not investing prudently. Yeah. And you'd hear talk like that, right? People would say, I don't understand. Why does it seem like the opposite thing is happening than what it normally does and so on and so forth. So certainly in unique, interesting times. And was it a year ago or so, all the talk was about, you know, the recession in 23. We talked about that ourselves. Yeah. And of course, uh, you know, what we know now is a recession didn't happen. Right. Um, however, at the end of last year, 2023, the jobs environment did starting to get soft, right? Mm -hmm. There was a big slowdown in hiring as many employers started requiring people to go back to work at the office instead of remote work. Office vacancies hit all-time highs, uh, and they're still like super high, especially in different parts of the country. And war breaks out in the Middle East, right? And, you know, you would think... What intuitively, what would that lead to, right? Yeah, yeah, you'd think something would, would certainly change, and you would think intuitively that this would be bad, right, for the economy and bad for investors. Uh, yet there, there was a, a kind of a big rally, especially at the end of the last uh, end of last year. Yeah, all over the world, right? And here's why: the inflation slowed down considerably, and there are expectations that the Federal Reserve now is going to be soon cutting interest rates, mm -hmm. right, easing up. The rate, the increases seem to be over. We don't know when this rate cutting is going to be starting, but it's, you know, there's at least the thinking is it's going to be this year. Pretty soon we're going to be saying goodbye to those high CD rates and high money market rates. Yeah, because in December uh, they got together, right? And that's what Powell said, that there was a, a chance, right? And then some different prognosticators uh, said they thought, you know, sometimes as soon as, as early as March, but, you know, it could be any time throughout the year. So, you know, they're still kind of guessing at it. And everyone's trying to read those Federal Reserve tea leaves, right? Right, right. Like, what did he say? What did he mean? What do the notes say? 
you know, it, it, everyone's trying to figure out like the the signs, you know, you know, reading between the lines, if you will, of the statements that come out of the Fed. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to bad news being good for long term investors, you know, we really only need to think back to the Great Recession of 2008 and 2009. You know, back then, unemployment hit over 10 percent. And of course, the housing market crashed in 2009. Yet the stock market was up over 26% mm, yeah. in 2009. So it was exactly the opposite of what the economy seemed to be showing. Yeah, that's a great example for sure. And of course, as I said earlier, Don, now we're heading into what's going to be, has to be uh, a wild political season. So, you know, we're going to get hit with all sorts of interesting things there. So what should investors do to, you know, try to keep their cool and keep their perspective? Yeah, it's a great point. Just, you know, we have to know that every day we're going to be seeing these breaking news chirans, <laughs> right, right? Right. All over the TV screen, all over the news alerts on the phone. So, you know, we're in this like a very odd state in which a large number of Americans view the prospect of a of a 2020 presidential rematch Mm -hmm. between uh, Biden and Trump, it's kind of simultaneously inevitable and it's somehow unbelievable. (laughs) That's that's actually really appropriate. Yeah, it really is. It's it's like, how can these two things be happening at the same time? We don't believe it, but it's inevitable. Right. Uh, And of course, we don't know the outcome, but we need to understand one thing. Uh, The media loves the drama and they are going to Definitely make the most of this uh, one. Yeah. And it doesn't matter which platform or which side you endorse or enjoy or whatever from the TV sides or the political, right? They each just get hyperbole out the yin-yang, right? They just love to go to town on that stuff. Yeah, no doubt about it. And actually, there was a great article in the Wall Street Journal this week. I think we'll put up a definite a link for this one. The title is, The Future is Unpredictable Even When It's Certain. Right. So great headline. Yeah, right. Yeah. So here's the premise. When we attempt to predict some future from some event ahead of time, mm-hmm. we see its implications only from the perspective of our immediate condition. Right. So we should also know that any event in the future will include the impact of other events that are going to occur between now and then. And what seems likely to us in a year may look different when the passing year's events have intervened, if that Hmm. makes sense. That's interesting. You got an example, maybe? Okay, so here's an example. Let's think back. Picture yourself. It's August of 2001, right? Oh, yes. And (laughs) and we're estimating what the world's going to be looking like, what's going to happen in 2002. Yeah. Okay, so you got that? So we we had a new president, George W. Bush, the post Y2K fears are all subsided. Yep. Feeling right? pretty good. Yep. Interest rates are low. And all of your predictions and judgments flow from what you know at that time, right? Yep. New decade. Here we go. Right. Yeah. Yep. Without knowledge of the most important historic event in decades, 9-11. Right. It's going to change everything only weeks later. Right. So I think back to myself at that time in August of 2001. I signed a contract to buy my current home hmm. and sell the prior home. And my wife, we just found out, was pregnant with our third child. Right. So the main thing on my mind at that time was moving into a new house, getting all that done, selling the old one, mm-hmm. and making sure I could just grow the business to pay for an increase in expenses. Yeah. Yeah. And I had just recently purchased a coffee shop a little bit before then. So 
Uh, yeah. So, you know, and then that 9-11 happens to your point and it changes everything. Yeah. Everything gets totally changed around. Right. So all of a sudden the business slows down. I'm not sure if I could sell the, 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 uh, the old house mm-hmm. because people are pulling out of deals, not wondering what's going to happen with the economy. And, you know, think about more recently, right? Think back only four years ago. Okay. So it's January, 2024 now, right? So think back. It's January 2020, one month prior to COVID hitting the U.S. Isn't that wild that it was four years ago? Four years ago, right? right? What was the event that consumed all of the news at that time? It was the impeachment over a phone call with the leader of Ukraine, right? right? Right. Think about that. That was the main thing in the news. And the thinking was that that event, impeachment, was going to shape the political landscape in the year 2020. And in reality, by November of 2020, it hardly even came up as an issue. And today, many people barely remembered that it happened at that time at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless it's just, you know, like I said, hardcore people on one side or another, they seem to, it's kind of more, more reactionary people are, right? To kind of the immediate stuff and even things just, just a couple of years old or even sometimes even half a year old, you know, we tend to forget. Yeah, it's exactly. We have this sort of like immediacy bias, right? And we can't imagine like anything being that much different than what we're going through right now. So it's hard to have the, the really the right perspective. And because of that, we desperately want a prediction about the future and someone to tell us what all of this means. And yeah. the one prediction I will make is, of course, as you mentioned, fasten your seatbelts for 2024. It's going to be a crazy ride. And we've just gotten started. So Some of the things that are in the immediate horizon that are in the news cycle now are, of course, the election and inflation, cost of living. What's the Federal Reserve going to do? Interest rates, war, unemployment, cost of living, that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's, you know, a lot of those are pretty much on the list every year, right? If you really think about it, right? People are usually concerned about inflation or cost of living or federal reserves or interest rates, you know, unemployment rates, kind of some of some of those things are kind of annual deals. But of course, we also have the other really giant one this this year is the, obviously immigration and, and sort of the crime issues. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you, these become sort of like something, you know, things that pop up year to year or cycle to cycle, right? Right. And, and long term, we've t- talked about this many times on the show, is huge federal deficits and debt, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Social Security and Medicare insolvency potential, uh, tax hikes that are, are going to you know, happen by law in two years, and you know, massive healthcare costs yeah. that that affect our lives. Don, you're killing me, man! It's so overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. It, you know, it it can be. I mean, the the news can easily leave you confused and searching for answers. Unfortunately, it leads to what I call the cycle of anxiety. Right? And it starts with this. First, seek a prediction about the future. Second, being disappointed with the failed prediction. Right. Third, an emotional reaction to the failed prediction. And in investing, it's you know buying high, selling low. Then there's regret. And then there's upset. And then finally, we seek a new prediction about the future. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what's the solution? Right. So here's what it is. It's Lay old. It a- <laughs> There's a, some of this stuff is stuff that like your mom and dad told you or your grandparents told right, you, right? right? 
So there's an old nugget of wisdom called the serenity prayer. Oh, and it goes yeah. like this. Yeah. You know, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I can't change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference between the two, right? So in, in other words, control what you can and accept what you can't, right? So what's involved in that, right? You need, of course, courage and wisdom, right? Between To know the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. So a good advisor is going to suggest to, number one, have a plan, a purpose for the money and the life that you have, and a philosophy about investing and money. And yeah, and using that money, right? So, and obviously, again, a lot of us are, are very reactionary. So it seems like so many people just, you know, we'll save and we'll save, obviously out of the act of fear and worry about the future. But we tend to just react to the now, to this whole conversation, right? Well, something's happened. So what should I move or should I change my plan? You mentioned a plan, right? So we kind of tend to do that when sometimes, you know, maybe staying the course or at least working with your advisor if changes are needed is probably more prudent. No doubt about it. And and exactly, that's what we teach our clients is how to have clarity and confidence so they can relax about money in their lives. And there's a formula for planning, you know, it's related to life and money that I like. And it goes like this. This is, you know, it's, it's hard to describe this over the radio and over the uh, podcast, but maybe right. we'll put up a link for this too, right? So here it is. Here's the formula. It's C, letter C, needs to be greater than I plus E plus P multiplied by M. Okay. So let me Let's say break, Yeah, break right? that down. Yeah. Yeah. So C is your cognitive thinking, right? C needs to be greater. Your thinking needs to be greater than I, your instinct, E, your emotion, and P, your perception. Okay? So your thinking, your cognition, your mind needs to be greater than your instinct, emotion, and perception multiplied by M, which is the media, right? <laughs> right. Think about that. Yeah, that's a good point. So your cognition, your mind needs to be, your, your mind and intention need to overcome your emotions is the bottom line. And then right? add some extra on for the media yeah, abs- And realize that yeah. that is a magnifying effect, Yeah. right? So emotions can even, you know, it's, it can affect the brightest of minds. And I heard an interview really, you know, a couple of days ago uh, with a doctor who was reflecting on mistakes he made over the past three years related to the pandemic, Mark. Mm. And he said he failed to appreciate his preconceived bias, lack of understanding of human nature, and his emotional state as reasons he made poor judgments. Hmm, it's interesting to see, you know, especially seeing more doctors come out and say different things about how they, you know, kind of reacted during that time period for sure. Yeah. And, and you know, when it comes to emotions and reactions, you can't control the news right? Mm-hmm. Often we can't even control our emotions, <laughs> right? but what we can control are our actions, right? We can control what we do. So I think a good resolution is let's set our minds this year on controlling the controllable. And I was thinking about this as a theme, even, you know, let's get our house in order, right? Get our own mind and the things that we can control in order for this year. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. And, you know, we'll wrap it up here with that, 
you know, thought process there because we're going to be, you know, our next show will be into February already, right? The year will be moving and grooving. So, you know, let's get ourselves in, in a right framework because it is going to be an interesting, wild year. Uh, and the better we can kind of manage our own thoughts and expectations of things, the better that's going to help. And of course, we want to make sure that our money is in the right spots as well. And of course, that's where Don comes in, but really on the behavioral side too. I mean, a lot of studies that show that, you know, a good personal financial specialist is going to really help you, you know, in that area as well. So, you know, some of that behavioral stuff. So reach out to Don if you got some questions. Of course, he's a CPA and a CFP. Uh, and so he's got a great resource for you to tap into. And if you need some help, as always, don't forget to just give him a jingle. Stop by his website. Get some time on his calendar at donaldcash.com. If you're not already working with him, just reach out to him there at donaldcash.com. And, of course, you can also subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify or YouTube as well. So reach out and get started today. And you can subscribe by just typing in that your money and your life in the search box of whatever app you like to use. And of course, you can also just find it all at Don's website, donaldcash.com. My friend, thanks for hanging out and breaking it down. Looking forward to getting into a new year with you and uh, and uh, seeing what we can come up with. Thanks, Mark. Me too. Yep. I'll catch you next time right here on Your Money and Your Life with Donald Cash. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.